as more brands will enter the space, I think more and more it will become a lot more than a video game. Today it is already a lot more than a video game, but I think all these experiences, the potential still has to grow. Uh, but today you can already buy loads of stuff uh, in those different metaverses, uh, not only to dress up your avatar, but also, as I explained, to get delivered to your real home. So I think we're now at this breaking point where it is becoming way more than gaming and that people are now starting to see it as well. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of the Tomcast. My name is Jean-Marc and today I'm here with you, Emily. Hi Jean-Marc. Uh, yes, so today we're in the studio to speak about a new episode of the Tomcast and that one is dedicated on innovation. So the episode will focus on innovation and more specifically on metaverse. In order to understand that, we have a guest today in the studio. It's Stephanie Dams. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey. Uh, Stephanie, can you first maybe introduce yourself? Uh, yes, so uh, my name is Stephanie and I'm a senior consultant at the House of Marketing. Um, I've been here almost two years now. And before that, I was a marketeer in the fashion industry. And at the House, I've worked in a variety of industries, a lot of topics. Um, I love learning. I'm really curious. Uh, and as a kid, I drove my parents crazy with questions. So um, yeah, now in my work, I'm always looking for what's behind the next corner. And that's why I really love to work on innovation and tech. Okay, interesting. So as Emily said, and as you said as well, uh, we talk about innovation today, which is a very interesting topic. So how do we tackle it? Uh, what should we do, etc. And so we decided indeed to, to focus on a nice trend that we have today, uh, which is the, the metaverse. Um, we are at about 30 seconds of the episode and maybe some people are lost already. So can you explain a bit to us what is the metaverse? Yes, yeah, so metaverse seems to be the latest buzzword, right? Um, so while the majority of us are still trying to figure out what it actually means, I see a lot of questions popping up, but also misconceptions like, is it a synonym for gaming? What is the difference with virtual reality? Is it another marketing campaign? Does Facebook own the metaverse? It's really a long list. And I think part of why it's so hard to define is because it doesn't refer to one type of technology or company for that matter. Um, it's rather the successor state of today's mobile internet. So you take your mobile phone and other mobile devices and you really connect through the internet from anywhere. Metaverse will take this a step further and they will allow you to exist and interact within the internet to the form of simulation. So in essence, it's just another iteration of the internet. So I'll, I'll ask some, some dummy questions, huh? but... Um can I say that somehow it's the internet that I interact with, not with a, a mouse and keyboard or a touchscreen, but rather with a, with VR? Well, yeah, defining is not easy. Yeah? Um, and I think it will continue to evolve. But as you indicate, I think uh, certainly we'll need some hardware for us to be able to uh, exist and interact in that simulation, of course. So headsets and all that will be key in the beginning. Um, but of course, it's way more than uh, VR alone. Mm -hmm. And then what what is the link also with uh, with blockchain? I heard that it's related to to blockchain. Um can well, you explain there? Um, I recently heard this uh, nice analogy from uh, Diego Borgo, who compares uh, the metaverse to Disneyland. And if you're going to Disneyland, you do not want to stand just at the entrance. Eh? You want to go in, enjoy the rides, eat cotton candy, uh, and so on. Well, your entrance tickets and uh, your fast passes to go on the rides, those are NFTs, as well as the mini mouse ears that you might buy in the souvenir shops. And then the rides and everything 
in the theme park, like restaurants, those are Web3 applications. And then the electrical grid that you need to power everything inside, that is actually blockchain. Okay, there are three terms that we need to define here. Um, can you help us understand NFT, blockchain and Web3 that you, you just mentioned? Well, NFT the, is a non-fungible token, so it's actually, um, yeah, it, it's, it continues to evolve today what it really is, but we, let's call it uh, digital ownership for now. Then, uh, yeah, Web3 is actually the next iteration of the internet, as I already mentioned. Uh, um, I like this definition because it also implies that um, it is uh, not limited uh, to one metaverse. Um, I know that Facebook, with uh, the um, with their recent rebranding, they have a lot of association with the term. But their virtual world horizon is definitely not the only one out there. You have uh, others like Decentraland, uh, Sandbox, uh, Roblox, and so on. And also, this next iteration of the internet, I think it um, it implies that it goes way beyond gaming and VR alone. So actually, this Web3 is where all these different technologies come together. So it's not easy to give you an exact definition. It's really, um, yeah, everything combined in one. And I think the last one uh, that I should define was... Blockchain. Blockchain. Yeah, well... Pff. It's a really complex definition, but for now, let's just keep it as uh, I said uh, in the analogy. It's just a technology behind all these uh, Web3 applications that we need to power it. Mm -hmm. So it's a very technical thing. Uh, and that's it's just the technology that allows you for the metaverse, NFTs, and all these other applications to exist, basically. So if I try to, to summarize a bit what you explained, and you, you tell me if, if this is clear. So for this Disney case... Uh, you have this NFT, which is a unique digital element token that you use to enter. And then when you enter, you, you, you are on a, on a metaverse, virtual world, to be able to interact in this new version uh, of the internet, let's say, new network. Um, all of this is powered by a technology called blockchain. That yes, that's right. a bit technical. And this new iteration... This, the future of what we know today is, is called Web3. Is that correct? Yes, you could say it like that. So, uh, Stephanie, thanks a lot for the analogy, because now I feel that when we hear all these words that Jean-Marc asked you to define, it does make more sense for someone who hears that every day in the news, that actually they can all work together. It's not like separate items that are working separately in separate projects. So we feel really that now with your uh, explanation that we have a full global view of what uh, the project could be. So thanks a lot for the long introduction. We really already learned a few terms, so it's really interesting already. But then we were thinking, Jean-Marc and myself, at the end, how do we start a metaverse project for a company? How can we make it a bit more tangible for any listener that, that would be interested in that kind of project? Mm -hmm. And also, um, yeah, I guess that's also coming back to uh, why innovation, right? So um, why do you need to innovate? Um, why is it important? How do you do it also? How do you choose your battles? How do, do you make sure that you're not going to, to, to fail too hard in the sense having too much of a, a business impact? Um, so we are actually going to link back in the description of this episode to... Um, two episodes that we did in the past, one with Eline, that's the third episode some time ago, uh, which is really explaining you the a nice process 
to to innovate the business design thinking process uh, as well as the one that we did with Inge. I can't remember About which one that was. About digital strategy, yeah. Indeed. And I think, Jean-Marc, you had an example also on that that you wanted to share. Well, that's a nice framework to, to keep in mind because... Um, Lots of times we, we also have some, some hype with, uh, with the trends and hype have an impact on, on us, either, either on the fact that we want to do it fully or that we say, oh, that's just a hype and we, we don't do it. And so um, the way that I think Coca-Cola does it is the 72010 strategy, they call it. So um, focus 70% of your time and energy on things that you know already work for you today. Uh, so you make sure that it continues to work. 20% to test new things and feel if it uh, if it works or not, and then 10% to really go crazy and do some things that uh, maybe everyone is sure that it will fail, but test it, we never know. And also we had um, in a previous episode about uh, data, uh, we learn from the failure actually, and we try new trends and sometimes we don't do them at the end. So we spoke about voice. Uh, we said our voice would be a new trend and at the end we see that no, it's not used. So it's always have nice to keep an eye on the innovation, but then also you need to take lessons of the, the experiments that you do. So Stephanie, can you help us uh, to on the next step for that for a business? Yes, well, as you said, I think uh, we, we discussed it before on this podcast, the experimentation mindset is really key for a company uh, to be on top of the latest trends, but also to be where their audience is. Uh, we know this is true for social media platforms, but actually it also applies to the metaverse. So if you're trying to reach an audience of like 15 to 30 year olds, let's say in the next two, 10 years, I think it's important that you start exploring this space. Another reason why I think uh, the metaverse is a nice place to start is because it's really where all these Web3 technologies come together, like NFTs, cryptocurrencies, AR, VR, and as you said, voice technology might be making a comeback in uh, the met metaverse. So it's really an excellent place to start exploring your, your exploration journey. And I think if we link it back to the Disneyland example, it's clear that we'll need a lot of companies and collaboration between those companies really building the space, all the experiences in it. And there's already a, a long list of use cases that we see a lot of brands that are entering the space and it continues to evolve. For instance, we have McDonald's. Uh, they recently filed a patent to uh, enter the virtual food and beverages uh, space. And what they're looking to do is basically they want to offer their customers just another way of ordering their food online. So imagine, Jean-Marc, you make your avatar, you walk into the uh, mm -hmm. digital McDonald's, you order your Big Mac menu, and then it gets delivered to your doorstep. So for them, it's just another way of doing e-commerce. And I think it's a nice example that shows you that it doesn't always have to involve a complete new offering. You can just adapt it uh, to, uh, in a way that is native to the platform and the audience on that platform, of course. And then another um, example that I share a lot with clients is uh, the one of Stella Artois, I think uh, the brand we all know and love as a mm -hmm. Belgian. The beer. Um, they recently collaborated with uh, Zedrun and Zedrun is a virtual racehorse platform. And I will not go into details of how it's, it's completely set up, but I will add that the horses get sold for up to $150,000, which for me is baffling. But what did they do? Um, they did actually the same as they would in the real world. So Stella Artois has a long history of sponsoring those horse race events. And now they did the same, but just with a virtual uh, horse event. So if you then came up uh, and met up with a friend during that event, you could buy them a beer. 
And afterwards, the beer was also delivered to their real home. So really blending that virtual and um, the uh, real world. And I think they also uh, made a souvenir T-shirt. So you could dress up your avatar with a Stella Artois shirt, but also, again, it was sent to your real home. So I think that is a really nice example of, um, of use cases that are a little bit more out of the box and not just the obvious. So can we say that uh, listening to your examples and what you said with, with McDonald's, that it's not reinventing the wheel, but using something that they already do, but uh, see how they can adapt it or at least take advantage of this new platform to, to work on it. Would you then advise to first, before starting to play with digital tools, sit down with pen and papers and think about how you can bring value through the, the metaverse maybe? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of having a long-term vision, but starting with like short-term pilots, of course, because it's very new, we're very early. And I think to mitigate risk, it's best that you enter doing short-term pilots on different platforms to see if that is a platform that is native to your brand. Can you offer real customer value? Again, going back to the experimentation mindset, because I think there uh, that's where your learning curve lies. And it's also going to the advice that we give at, I think, almost all the episodes is just like, don't follow just your gut feeling and do innovation to do innovation. Make sure that it answers a business needs. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a lot of use cases. I think um, one I came across a couple of weeks ago is that of virtual land. I, uh, I think maybe, you know, the emo website Zimo. So they recently sold their first property in Tongara. And alongside with that, they also sold their virtual twin. So you got it in Decentraland. It's a complete replica of the house. And you might say, okay, what should I do with my uh, digital twin? You can host parties, uh, digital parties. Um, you can make an art gallery in a part of your home. And also, actually, it's quite a good investment because virtual property, the prices are really going up. Um, so it's a good long-term investment. And before you say it's crazy, we used to say the same thing about domain names. And I believe that if you were the one uh, owning Meta.com last year and you got approached by Mark Zuckerberg, I, th I think it's uh, good to uh, say that uh, that person w might be really rich right now. I know that it was a trend uh, back in the days, people buying iPhone something.com. Yes, uh, it's not back in the days. So it's not that far away. It's not that far away. <laughs> But it's really nice the example that you give because I really feel that we have a mix with virtual reality and then real reality, if we can say it. But then the mix is really giving example that what's happening in one world does also exist in the other one and not it's not like in silos. So it's really interesting. Thank you. Yeah, yeah indeed. And then maybe a last case that I also would like to share is and one that I find really interesting is that you see also a lot of these brands use the metaverse uh, to actually do real good in the real world. Uh, you may know Hellman's. It's, uh, I know them mostly for their mayonnaise. It's a sauce brand. Yeah. And they recently collaborated with uh, Animal Crossing and um, they made a game. So f you had to harvest vegetables and for every spoiled turnip that you turned in, They made real meals and uh, across Canada and divided them across the rescue centers. I think in four weeks of campaign, they uh, delivered 100,000 meals, really using that virtual engagement to drive real change in the real world. So I think it's a really nice uh, use case. Yes, really a specific one. that We always said focus on business needs, but it's also focus on the needs of other people. <laughs> so it's very nice too. So 
now I guess it's getting a bit more clear with uh, all the examples that you gave, uh, Stephanie. Thank you for that. I think it may be also um, something that I have in mind is uh, don't just listen to examples or read about examples. But um, as Stephanie mentioned, there are several metaverses already, like Decentraland, for example. Don't hesitate to get your hands dirty and, and go there, try it, maybe order a headset for your company to to get a feeling of what we are talking about and not just hearing or get informed, uh, debate about it, but not actually doing it. Anyways, there are also probably many people listening to us now who already know about Metaverse or at, le at least have, have some idea about it um, and maybe have some reactions in mind uh, while we are talking and say, well, uh, Metaverse is just this or that or... Maybe interesting to to tackle these questions, um, and I will start with with uh, one that is very known, uh, which is the ecological impact of of the metaverse. Can you explain a bit uh, about this? Yes, um, we see it's indeed one of the biggest strategic challenges for brands when they are entering this space, uh, because of course today everyone uh, wants to clean up their image and want to do wants to do uh, what's good for the environment. Um, so it's definitely a justified discussion um, and a lot of it is focused around the technology behind these uh, projects uh, that's very energy consuming. Um, it's also quite technical so without going into detail um, it really revolves around the way those transactions are being validated um, as well as of course the resources that we need to uh, build all these interactive 3D um, experiences. But all that I, that I can say today is that there's already a lot of alternatives and there's a lot of people working on it that uh, consume much less energy. Um, but as with any large innovation, I think there's still a lot more that we that we and that still can be done. Mm -hmm. I hear also, and that's something I wanted to, to, to react before, but now it's maybe more the time. You mentioned uh, in this example with the... Um, the virtual houses, right? How the, the prices are getting a bit crazy. And this is also a reaction that we hear a lot. Um, people saying, well, it's quote unquote, just a scam uh, and, and s such prices and um, who, whoever thinks it's going to go up or down or etc. cetera. Um, what, what would you like to, to say maybe about this a bit more financial question? Well, yeah, I think volatility is definitely something that lives in the space. Um, it's also because it's still very early. We're, uh, it's, it's really young, the technology. So, um, yeah, I think um, be mindful about it. And as we already said before, start small. Uh, start with an experiment uh, before going all in. Um, and But, yeah, as, uh, with regards to those... Um, like like I said, at the 150,000 for a virtual horse, at the, the property prices, I think... It's the same as with anything, with any collectible, um, the prices go as high as what people are willing to give for it. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think that as the technology matures, we will definitely see this phasing out of these uh, huge uh, peaks um, and pits. But yeah, for now, I think it's just something that we have to be mindful about and just deal with. Mm -hmm. And maybe, yeah, if I can add also, just think about it, but outside of this financial question, it doesn't mean that the technology is not interesting. No, definitely. Yeah. And uh, maybe something that I would like to add also with regards to the sustainability aspects. We see that these projects, a lot of the time, uh, they're 
really aimed at making a positive impact. So um, I'm thinking about projects like Nemos, uh, Moss, Stress Piles. Um, these are all Web3 projects that are really using like the technology like NFTs for fundraising, to bring awareness, to build communities around these really great causes. So I think yeah, it's really mixed. A lot is happening in the space and um, it will be interesting to see which direction it goes. Mm -hmm. Maybe a, a last one. Um, there are some people also saying, well, when you look at it, the metaverse, it just looks like not a revolution actually isn't it just uh, a video game or something close to what was called uh, second life uh, at the time on the internet that was sort of a virtual world on the internet then um, is it actually just like a video game well yeah that's indeed one of the misconceptions that people have like it's just a video game um, or it's just virtual reality but i think the use cases that i already explained uh, in the pre um, before they indicate that there are parallels with the real-life global economy. And as more brands will enter the space, I think more and more it will become a lot more than a video game. Today, it is already a lot more than a video game. But I think all these experiences, the potential still has to grow. Uh, but today, you can already buy loads of stuff uh, in those different metaverses, uh, not only to dress up your avatar, but also, as I explained, to get delivered to your real home. So I think we're now at this breaking point where it is becoming way more than gaming and that people are now starting to see it as well mm -hmm. and of course there are millions of things to say about these topics and we, we could talk for for hours um but it's also interesting to note how people in simple video game let's say already buy some some avatars and some elements etc and not to go too deeper but this nft aspect maybe also makes it even better in the sense that what you buy is actually yours and actually unique and can be used in, in other places, right? Yeah, definitely. I think we can make a whole other podcast just on NFTs alone. Uh, we see a lot of these uh, use cases. It's also a lot more than just uh, buying a t-shirt for your avatar. You can use it for uh, for ticketing, for smart contracting. It has so many use cases and I think we're only scratching the surface. So thanks a lot for mentioning NFT. The more we talk, the more I feel that there are new topics coming in. We describe new words, blockchain, NFT. I hear all of this. And as I was saying to both of you, I really feel that we get the idea of Metaverse, what it can bring to a company today. And I had Second Life in mind too, and I see it's not the same. So thank you for the clarification. But now that we talk about trends, is there anything we need to look at or what do you think we could look at as a business now? Well, there's a lot of trends indeed that we didn't cover today. As you said, uh, we have those Web3 concepts like NFT, cryptocurrencies. But I'm also thinking about uh, Generation Z, Generation Alpha, uh, social commerce even. And I think all of these trends can be looked at from a consumer point of view, but also what it means for uh, your organization, for your workforce. So again, there's lots to unpack there. And I think, yeah, important to know is that we don't just inspire you for the sake of inspire you. We really want to help you um, bring them together, uh, to bring them to life together with your team um, by building those value propositions focused around real customer value. And as we mentioned, uh, to make sure that we, we de-risk the innovation for our clients, we're always looking at validation uh, of these trends, of these use cases. Yeah, indeed, there are many trends. Um, maybe it can actually be interesting uh, at the company to have someone or a team that has, alongside other priorities, um, the, the role of 
maybe spotting new trends or things that could be interesting to the company or if not clear yet to at least have a taste of it uh why not ordering a headset and trying these things and understand uh, if it's something that can help the company um, discussing it maybe with employees also i'm sure that's something that can motivate a lot the the employees i don't know if you have some other tips and tricks maybe Yeah, sure. I think I would uh, encourage you to um, think about it and put it really broadly and imagine what it could mean for your company because those technologies, they have a lot of different ways you can use them. So think about how can an NFT bring value to my customer? How should we enter this particular metaverse? How can we maybe uh, look at... Um, cryptocurrencies in a way that uh, really provides value to our customers. I think it's also really important to remember that it's a work in progress, so you have to follow it really closely. Um, and as you said, you can really get started today. Go to the central end, make an account, uh, try it out. And the only thing I think as with any innovation that you should definitely remember is to stay true to your brand And remember to always offer real customer value. It's just it's not just another marketing stunt. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think also interesting to come back, as I said, to the previous episodes that we that we had, and maybe we can slowly conclude this this episode. But to to see um, the art process, we will link to to them to see concretely. Okay, we think this innovation can help the company. Now what? How can we move forward with it and make sure that it actually delivers? So, um, yeah, thank you a lot, uh, Stephanie, for explaining. We were not here to convince you that you, you need to, to work on the metaverse. It's one more tool in the toolbox to achieve your, your objectives. Yes, exactly. It was very clear what you explained to us. So thank you for that. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. We did really understand with all the examples. So it did help. Thanks a lot. If any of the listener has any question, we'll put some links on the landing page. So don't hesitate to go there and, and find your way through and get all the resources that you need or to contact us directly on our Tomcast email address. Which is podcast at tom.eu. So podcast at thom.eu. Thanks, Jean-Marc, for the little help on the email address. Don't hesitate to leave a review also. And uh, just uh, we'll see you on the next time or not see. We, you listen to us on the next podcast. Thank you, Jean-Marc. Thank you, Stephanie. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.